but you, you are the most high God. There's none like you. There is none like all you. the other gods. All of the other gods. They are the works of man. But you, but you, but you are the most high God. There is none like you. Pastor Macklin Bosse. Let's give him another another hand here. Yeah. A warm new city welcome. Uh, Macklin and I first met in St. Louis. He was a pastor at the church where I eventually became a pastor. He actually mentored me in his position, so I was his replacement. Uh, Macklin moved back to his home country of Togo in West Africa to start a missions organization called Africa Missions with Nations. If you don't know where Togo is, it's on the west coast, on a little west part of Africa between Ghana and Benin. And Macklin will say it, he'll, say, he'll tell you that Togo is the place to go. So you'll hear him say that. Um, Macklin is married to Rose, who's there in the purple. They have five children, and uh, they often have more than that in their home. Some, I think most days, they have over 150 children in their home that they run a school uh, for. And that school is called the School of New Beginnings. They started that school for children, and they had just eight students, and now they're well over 150-some years later. Uh, Macklin trains missionaries in West Africa to go to other parts of West Africa, and maybe eventually Europe, and then you'll send us some here in North America. Uh, <laughs> he takes people through an 18-month missionary training program where they learn, uh, they learn the content of the scriptures, they learn about God and his mission, and then they're sent out to different parts of Togo or, or Chad or other, other countries in West Africa to start some sort of work. Maybe for some it's a church, for others it's some sort of ministry. And uh, how many classes have you had now that have graduated? Okay, so this summer will be the third graduating class, and he'll talk a little bit about this. I believe this picture is of our first graduating class several years ago. And then uh, one of the big things that they do is called the Amana Missions Conference. Every August, they call believers from Togo and all over West Africa to come and, and learn about God's missional heart, to learn about the gospel of Jesus and how we're sent into the world to spread the gospel. This picture is uh, from the conference, I believe, in 2011, and they do that every year. And hopefully this year I will get to go and be part of that again. So uh, one more time, let's welcome Pastor Macklin Bosset. Thank you so much, Pastor John. You know, you said everything about uh, our ministry, and uh, I'm really thankful to be, to be here this morning and then share the word of God with you. But before that, please, uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you the honor. Uh, come and lead us. Come and speak to our hearts and uh, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please take your Bible and uh, we will read from Mark chapter 1, verse 21 to 45. 
Forgive me with my French accent in the background. I hope you will get it. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 21 to 45. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teachings because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching. And with authority, he even gave orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the, the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. And they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various disease. He also drove out many demons, but he will not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby village so I can preach there also. That is why I have, gone, I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him, on his knee. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was clean, cleansing. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest 
and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Amen. Amen. I'm really thankful to, to be here this morning and witness uh, what God is doing here uh, with you. I bring you the greetings of my wife, Rose, and our five kids. Uh, we have three adopted kids and the two girls who were born in the state. I miss them. This is almost a month that I left home, so I can't wait to be back home. Uh, Pastor John, thank you. Thanks to the church for allowing me to bring the word of God today. Uh, it is a privilege and a great honor to worship with you this morning. But before looking into the text, please uh, allow me uh, to say a few words about our ministry back home in Togo, the place to go. In 2010, when we went back to start this mission organization called AMN, Africa Mission with Nation, to train uh, indigenous missionaries to plant churches, to love the orphans, the widow, and the poor in West Africa. We didn't know where God uh, will take us. But today we can thank him because of what he did so far. This is almost seven years. Uh, West Africa has become a safe heaven for Islam and Boko Haram. Uh, if you are not familiar with Boko Haram, it's uh, the same thing like ISIS. Uh, so uh, this is crucial and critical for the church in West Africa because Boko Haram and Islam, they don't play games. They don't play games. They are killing people every single day. You can be worshiping like this, and then they will send somebody in the, in the room and just bomb the room. And this is happening every day in Nigeria. And we are not far from Nigeria. You know, West Africa is uh, made up of small countries. So to go from Nigeria to Togo is really short. You can take a bus and within a day you are there. And we believe that this uh, integrist Muslims and Boko Haram uh, are in Togo, everywhere in West Africa. And this is <laughs> difficult for us to see this, the growth of Islam. Uh, in our region. 
uh, it is really a spiritual battle. And the gospel is the only hope to overcome this dark force. It has been a wonderful experience uh, to be back home after eight, ten years uh, of life in the state. We lived here for ten years, and when we went back, we have seen how the gospel can save and set people free from the bondage of Satan and uh, demonic powers. And this Islam force uh, need the gospel in our context. Our school, New Beginning, is a great place to share the gospel uh, in our lives with kids and many families, including uh, Muslim families. Many lives are touched by the gospel and saved by God's grace. It is a difficult context. And every day, God is at work saving and transforming lives. We can testify about the power of the Holy Spirit against Islam, against Boko Haram, against satanic forces, against voodoo, power, and demons. We have seen it, and we're still seeing it every day. This is exactly what I'm going to talk about today. And before looking into the text, uh, I want you to keep praying for us as we move toward church plant in Lome, the capital. Uh, we want to uh, have a model, a church model in Lome to train people who can stand uh, with the kingdom values in Togo, but also in West Africa. And uh, training people in our context uh, is different from what I see here. Uh, we, we train people to be efficient in village. Why village? Because most of Africans are village people. I'm from a village. Uh, the village dictates its law to the city. Everything comes from village. The food comes from village. Uh, the syncretism comes from the village. And the voodoo power comes from the village. You know, voodoo from Haiti uh, actually came from Togo and Benin, uh, if you don't know about that. So uh, please stand with us in prayer and uh, bring this before God and ask him to help us and lead us in this movement. It's difficult. Uh, Satan is at work, but we believe that the last word belongs to God. Uh, the last word belongs to Jesus. Spiritual power uh, in the face of darkness. Uh, we live in a very dark world world. Everything is a drag, but the light of Jesus is shining and will overcome the darkness. <laughs> I know I am in America, 
I know that uh, uh, many people be don't believe in demons. I know people don't believe in demons or satanic powers. Uh, I also know that uh, many people have some rational thoughts. And rationality uh, is their main tools of life. And it's great to be rational. You know, one plus one equals two. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, but so you know, <laughs> my background before seminary is philosophy. So I have studied uh, Socrates, Plato, uh, Aristotle, Descartes. So I know what rationality means. This is my DNA. But <laughs> what I'm about to share with you is going to probably challenge your thoughts, your worldview, even your theology. Get me right. I, I'm not here to praise the power of Satan or demons. I am here to declare that Jesus is Lord over all. And nothing can stand against him. Nothing. My point is this. God want all of us to be aware of the spiritual world in which we live. I do not believe that demons are only in Africa. They are everywhere. They just operate differently. Like we have uh, uh, a different lifestyle in Africa. <laughs> you have a different lifestyle here. Demons do the same. The way they operate back home in Africa is different. It looks different than what we see here in the state. Demons are here. <laughs> Satanic powers are at work in the United States. You believe it or not, I'm telling you, they are here. The Bible talks about demons in many passages, and one of them is uh, what we just read from Mark chapter 1. Let us put it in context before moving on. Before the verses we just read, Jesus came out from baptism in the river of Jordan. He was baptized by John the Baptist. And the Bible says in verse 10, and straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. That's the context. John the Baptist saw the spirit coming upon Jesus. It's important. Verse 11 from this chapter. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I well pleased. Then after being in the wilderness, that's the context, verse 13. He was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, 
tempted of Satan and was with wild beasts. And the angels ministered unto him. This context is important to understand where I'm going. First, he was filled with the Spirit. The Spirit came upon him. And secondly, he was in the wilderness, praying and fasting, if you read the same text in other uh, Gospels. You cannot face dark forces without the power of the Holy Spirit. You get me? You cannot face dark forces without the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. And Paul said, do not get drunk with wine. Right? He said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit, demons and satanic powers are going to stand against you. When you have it, they are going to stand against you. They will come after you. Because they don't like it. <laughs> they don't like it. They hate it. The question probably for you and for myself this morning. <laughs> How much are you filled with the power of the spirit? Are you really in the spirit? Or are you drunk with something else? Do you even like it? Do you even like the idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Think about it. Another point of this context. Say Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness praying and fasting. There is no way out. With demons, without a life of prayer and fasting. There's no way out. You can't face them without a life of prayer and fasting. Think about it. I was one day in St. Louis. And they called the whole seminary for a fasting. Fasting. You know, back home when we say fasting... It looks more familiar with what the scripture said. They call us for a fasting, and right in front of the room, they put all kind of food, you know, donuts, drinks. I was like, what, are we here for fasting, or are we here for a breakfast? <laughs> People don't like to fast. They don't. They will tell you this is old stuff. Well, you are not going to experience what I'm talking about. If you exercise your life around prayer, praying, and fasting, you are going to see it. We don't have time to pray. We don't. We live in a very busy world. Everybody's busy. 
to wake up in the morning and have this time with God, to spend time with God, to pray, to say, well, Lord, today I'm not going to rely on food. I need you. I need heavenly food. When was the last time you, you really uh, spent time or have this experience of setting time apart to meet God? When was that? Think about it. From verse 21 to 24. This is the context, okay? He, he, he came out from the water. He has the power of the Spirit. And he went fasting and praying. And then they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. So he came filled with the power of the Spirit and he started to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching. Yeah, when the Spirit is in your life, people are going to be amazed. People are going to be amazed. It's not intellectual. This is the power of the Spirit at work. Because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in the synagogue, in their synagogue, this is interesting. A man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. What do you want us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. Jesus met this man, this man with unclean spirit. He entered the synagogue and he met the man. Uh, this man was in their synagogue. Okay? He was in their synagogue. I will say he was in the church. He was there. But with what? With this unclean spirit. Come on. He, he is in the church. He is in the synagogue. But he has this. The synagogue didn't help him. This man was in the synagogue but still has an unclean spirit. I wonder... How many people are in our church with demons? I wonder how many people are in our churches with unclean spirit. I wonder how many people are in our church with satanic powers. I wonder how many people are struggling with some kind of demons attachment. Demons are not afraid about your theology, okay? They don't care about your theology. But they can now stand the power of the Holy Spirit. They can't. It's impossible. One day I was uh, preaching, teaching in my hometown, Lome. And the topic was, you know, 
come and confess your sins before the Lord. We were in the middle of teaching, and suddenly I saw a lady from the back started running toward the puppet. Is it the word? Okay. She started running. You know, she was. You, you can't be in a church and do marathon. That's not normal. So she started running toward the puppet. And I knew it. She was coming just to hit me. I knew it. I didn't know if she had something in her hand or what. I knew it. And as soon as she reached like five meters from the puppet, everybody was looking at her. What is going to happen? You know, uh, it's not about me, Macklin. It's not about uh, having some secret. It's what God, what Jesus promised to his disciples. So I lift up my hand like this. And I said, stop. In Jesus' name. And suddenly she fell down. And started scrolling like a snake. On the floor. Beautiful lady. Suddenly starting doing like an animal. Doing like a snake. So they took her from that place and sent her to a room where I asked some of the elders to go and uh, look at her and see what is going on. Uh, we, we finally noticed that she had this voodoo power in her life. It took us almost two, three weeks to be able to help her come out of this bondage. Uh, things like that are happening when the power of the Holy Spirit is at work. Uh, Jesus just show up. He just came in the synagogue. He didn't say a word. Amen? He didn't say a word. And then this guy started screaming. What do you want? They can't stand the power of the Holy Spirit. One day I got another call. Uh, you know, back home, if you, you are a minister, they will be calling you from everywhere. I got a call from uh, uh, a friend's house, and uh, I said, uh, it's late. You know, it was like uh, uh, midnight. I said, I can't. He said, please come, because this man is want to kill himself. I said, okay, I'm, I'm coming. So I took my motorbike and went uh, to that house. Uh, as soon as I entered the room, I saw five men trying to hold this guy. No, he, he wasn't that strong, you know, physically, when you see him. It's not like he has muscles, like somebody, regular men, regular size. But five people couldn't hold him. He was so strong, so strong, like this man who came from uh, tombs. Uh, you remember in the Gospels? Uh, he was so strong. So when I look at him, I said, hey, uh, you know, I'm doing this because in my thought, in my thinking, in my spirit, I'm telling to myself, this is Jesus at work, not me. So I said, leave him alone. 
They said, no, we can't because he's so violent. He can, he can hurt you. I said, leave him alone. They were, uh, how do you say it? They didn't really believe it because the witness, so many crazy stuff that he was doing. I said, leave him alone. Then they tried. They left him alone. And he tried to stand up, ran toward me. I said, no, you can't. You got to be held by the power of the spirit. And then suddenly he went on the floor. He couldn't move without any attachment. Nobody was holding him, but he couldn't move. Why? Because he cannot stand the power of the Holy Spirit at work. He can't. He got to obey the words of Jesus. He got to obey the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, you might say this is uh, Africa things. Uh, I was in Lexington, Kentucky. Somebody's from Kentucky? <laughs> I was in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, I got this job where you will go to people's home, give them uh, uh, medications, uh, pills. Uh, they said these guys are mentally disabled. So one day, for the first time that I was assigned this house, I went and uh, when I entered the room of that house, I saw five people, I think three men and two women, trying to restrain this young lady, probably 21 year old. She was uh, so strong, and they were having a hard time to... <laughs> to, to to make her obey what they want her to do. And uh, when I entered the room, I, I knew what was going on. That this is not a depression thing. This is not depression. Okay. And we were told in our training time, do not pray. Uh, this is what America is becoming. Do not pray when you are at work. Uh, do not do anything about your religion beliefs at work. Uh, and I said, okay, you know, you can prevent me to pray loud, aloud, but you cannot prevent me to pray. You get that? Yeah. The, the system in this country can prevent me to, to pray aloud in school, at school, uh, to pray in the market, to pray everywhere aloud, in public, but they cannot prevent me to pray. I will pray wherever I am. So these guys were trying to restrain her. And I said, in my spirit, I, I came close to, to, to that group, and I whispered. Uh, is that the word? I whispered. I said, I know who you are. <laughs> I know who you are. I, I know what you're doing. Because of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, excuse me the word. I just said shut up. Now. Shut up. 
in the name of Jesus. Within a minute, within a minute, things changed in the room. She became quiet. She became calm. And these five guys started saying, hey, what's happened? What, what is going on? And I was laughing <laughs> by myself. You guys don't know what just happened. The power of the Spirit is at work in this place. And uh, from that day, her name is Joyce, from that day, they said, Macklin, uh, I think there is something between you and Joyce. You know, uh, We are going to be asking you to be responsible of this house. So I started doing overtime work. I mean, this helped me with money. I got some, some more paycheck because of this household. But any time I am in the house, any time I enter the house of Joyce, the first thing I will do from the the door, I will just stand there and say, Lord Jesus, this is your time. This is the time to take control over this spirit. I don't want to waste my time just uh, to try to control somebody. Demons can't stand the presence of Jesus Christ. They cannot stand the presence of Jesus. They cannot. <laughs> Uh, it is impossible to stand. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, demons cannot, Satan cannot. And verse 25, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold the peace and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, tearing him and crying with a loud voice, come out of him. And they were all amazed in so much that the question among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching? With authority, he commanded even the unclean spirit, and they obey him. Unclean spirit will obey you. They will obey you when you are filled with the power of the spirit. And I wonder, for people who don't experience that, I wonder how much you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the question. How much I will fill with the power of the Spirit. The third point, not only he casts out demons, but he can heal all disease. It's not just casting out demons. He can heal all disease. You know, uh, my friend, uh, I'm not against hospital. I'm not against uh, medicine. I'm not against uh, science. Uh, but there are diseases. There are stuff in your life that can never go away without the power of the Spirit. There are things that will never go away without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, Verse 32, that evening after sunset, the people brought of Jesus to Jesus all the sick, you know, all the sick, and demon possessed, they brought him. Uh, you know, science and doctors 
uh, have changed our, 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 our relations toward good. You know, doctors are more like God for us. Right? Doctors, they have power. They control our, our emotions, our thoughts, and everything that goes about our body, soul, even spirit. They're in the hands of these uh, men and women. It's, it's okay to have them. It's okay to, uh, to go to the doctor. It's okay uh, to take your medicine. But listen, uh, all sickness... Uh, all disease uh, sometimes are not just physical. Uh, they are not physical. They are spiritual. Uh, in 2011, uh, right before Amana, the first Amana, when I went back home, uh, I, I believe today when I look back to it, uh, God allows me to understand the world in which I am uh, re-entering, you know, after living in the state for almost eight, ten years, you know, I can uh, uh, believe what uh, my professors were telling me uh, in the seminary. You know, one day at Covenant Seminary, I was talking about demon, how we had this experience back home. They were like, "No, you know, you are a believer. This, the, 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 don't worry about it. Don't no." They were standing against what I was experiencing back home. I told them, well, I, I don't know about your theology, but the reality on the ground is different, looks different. So God allowed me to understand the world in which I was re-entering. Uh, you know, going back home was another, another story. Right before Amana, uh, somebody came in the house, in our house, and poor... Uh, a, a, a witchcraft powder. Uh, it won't make sense to you, but follow me. Uh, that powder, uh, when they put it on the floor, and from the priest who prepared that powder, uh, if they call your name upon that powder, as soon as you step on it, it's like voodoo. Power, you got a sickness that hospital cannot treat. And I didn't know for which reason God allowed this to happen to me. You know, it's not because you are a believer. It's not because you are a Christian. It's not because uh, you are a pastor. It's not because you are a deacon or an elder that Satan will not touch you. As a matter of fact, you are the right target. You are the right target. So I, I step on it without knowing. And uh, after, I believe, a few days, something so bizarre started happening to my foot, my right foot. Now, all this from down uh, and the top, the flesh was coming out. All the flesh What's coming out? I went to the doctor. The doctor took a piece of the flesh, did some uh, tests, and he came back to me and said, Macklin, ah, we don't see anything. Everything looks normal. 
I'm like, no. I'm, this is painful. You know, the whole foot was going off. The flesh was going up. It's like putting a meat on the, uh, like barbecue. You know, things were falling. And for people in my world view, in my region, they knew what was going on. They said, ah, he got the voodoo thing on him. We will see how he will come out. That was the challenge. And you saw that when you came, uh, I couldn't walk. Uh, when he came, I was preparing this conference, Amara conference, and I was like uh, powerless. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't walk. And for them, that was it. You know, if you got it, you are not going to be healed. You will suffer, and eventually you will die. Ah. Uh, I never experienced pain like this. For three months, I was in my room, in my bedroom. And uh, the doctor would come to my house and enter my, my bedroom and try to uh, uh, clean the wound, the open wound. You know, it, it was so bad that uh, they can't even use cotton on it. Because if they try to use cotton on it, uh, it's going to, uh, uh, I mean, it, this is not going to help. You know, they will take alcohol like this and just pour it. You know, you will feel the pain even in the brain. For three months, I was dying in the room. And, you know, I heard many people talking. Oh, they got him. They got him. At one point, I said, oh, Lord, what? Why this is happening to me? Why, am I, why did you allow me to come back home and facing this? You know, the, the most difficult thing was about my daughter, my daughters, uh, my kids, the little one, Lily. Lily would come in the room and look at it, and she would start crying. It was so uh, ugly. So ugly. You, you, you can't put a band on it. It was open. And she will say, Dad, you are going to be okay. And she will hold my hand and pray. Uh, for three months, it was hell. It was hell. Satan doesn't play games. When he want to destroy you, when he want to attack you, he, his purpose is to destroy your life, to take out your joy, to take out the peace in your life. This is what he wants. He wants to be anxious. Oh God, where are you? For three months, I didn't know what to do. At one point I said, Lord, well, uh, here I am. What am I going to do? I had a bag like this, full of uh, medicine, you know, I, I, I have buying medicine from pharmacy, I will buy, I will buy, I will buy, but nothing will happen. And one day, and one day, till one day, till that day, you know, when God wants to do something in your life, it's like waiting for the right time to show up and tell everybody that he's Lord. A lady was just passing through 
and she came to my house selling some oil. And she came, I was in the living room uh, with Rose, and she said, hey, I'm selling this oil. I, I, try this. Uh, maybe this will help. You know, I look at it and said, no, come on. I went to the pharmacy. I went to the doctors. You know, what, what are you going to, what is this? She said, try it. And I said, how much is it? She said it was like $3. You know, I spent hundreds of dollars <laughs> over medicine. Nothing happened. And what are you talking about? Three dollars. You know, Jesus didn't need medicine when he met this blind man. He just used his saliva and dust to heal the man. I said, okay, let me have it. So I took it and uh, uh, that first day I poured it on my feet. The next morning, it was the, another story. The whole uh, food came together, the flesh came together, and that was it. That was the beginning of my healing. It didn't take a week. It didn't take a week. That was uh, a deliverance that I experienced from this dark power of voodoo. Brothers and sisters, uh, I, 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 I don't know about your story. I don't know about your, 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 your worldview, your thinking. Uh, but uh, what do you think is behind, in America, is behind suicide? Su suicide? What do you think is behind? What do you think? People are so depressed. We live in the most powerful and rich nation in the world. And yet, so many people are taking their lives. What do you think is behind? We live in a very dark world. What do you think is behind this materialist warning? You know, I want more. I want more. What, what do you think is behind it? People have more and they still want more. Never satisfied. What do you think is behind it? What do you think is behind terrorism? <laughs> what do you think is behind it? What do you think is behind the cult to Satan? I heard that there is a church somewhere in the United States when you go and worship Satan. Uh, what do you think is behind it? I can see the darkness, the power of darkness busy at work. Destroying lives and families. What do you think is behind broken families? What do you think is behind it? There are kids who can even sit down with their parents. There are spouses who cannot even think about uh, uh, meeting their husband anymore. What do you think is behind it? Praise God. Because of Jesus, he came to destroy the work of the evil. He came to destroy it. He came to set captives free. He came to set us free. It says, he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Are you open to the word of God? Are you willing? To submit your will 
and your life to the word of God, to Jesus. Are you willing? Are you really willing? Are you willing to surrender all to the Lordship of Christ? Are you? Are you in any kind of bondage? He's here to set you free, my friend. He's here to set you free. You will be free indeed. If the Son set you free. Not only, not only that, he's here to give you power and authority over any unclean spirit. Not only that, he's here to call you to follow him in his wonderful and powerful, in this wonderful and powerful journey. Not only that, he's here asking you to live for him. Come to Jesus. Come to him. Surrender your life. And you know what? On the cross, on the cross, <laughs> Satan, demons, all darkness, powers, on the cross, they lost the battle. They lost the battle. Forever. Don't leave as if <laughs> this is on you. It's on him. Who came to die? Who came to give his life? Come. Test it. Open your life to the power of the Spirit. Put your life under the Lordship of Christ. Open your life to the Word. Let the Holy Spirit fill your life. And you are going to be another man, another woman. Another young man, another spouse, another husband, another family. Let him bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's thank Mac with you know, um, there was a time in my life where I would have not... Uh, that, would, that sermon would not have made sense to me, and I wouldn't have believed it. And then I had an experience that changed my perspective. And I know some of you have had experiences that changed your perspective. And, you know, as a church, um, what does it look like for us to actually say, this is real? We don't want to just come to play church. We want to be a church that is not afraid to step into the darkness because of the power of Jesus and confront the brokenness, the real brokenness that we see in this world and even in our own lives. And one of the ways that we do that is we pray. That's why we pray at the end of every service. That's why we pray on Wednesday mornings. It's not just because we want to get together and do something nice. It's because we believe that when we come to Jesus, who's all-powerful, he actually releases power as we ask him to. And if you've had an experience like that or you've seen it, and you couldn't explain it with science, you know? There just wasn't an explanation for what you were seeing. Your eyes are open to the reality of the darkness in this world. And so um, we wanna end our time. We've just got a few minutes left. I want, we wanna end our time by praying together now. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up and just play a little background music. And uh, I wanna ask a few people to gather around Macklin and pray for him and his ministry. I want to ask that you would pray for one another. I have a friend, he could not sleep. 
he was just tormented with thoughts of killing himself. And it wasn't until we said, you need to settle in and learn how to fight on your knees. It wasn't until he did that that he actually experienced freedom from those consistent thoughts of suicide. Church, if we wanna be a church that makes a difference in the city, we've gotta settle in. We've gotta prepare for battle and we do that by praying together, amen? So let's gather together now. Maybe there's something that the Lord's put on your heart to pray for. Maybe you need prayer. This is a place where we can confess where we're at and ask each other to pray. So let's gather together now. A few of you gather around Mac and we'll spend just a few minutes praying and then we'll come together to sing at the end.